Let's turn in our Bibles to a very basic verse, because this is the first thing that's mentioned in the covenant. John 3.16, that's a good verse. And then Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, which we gave out about salvation, because it says, Having been led, as we believe, by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, and on our profession of our faith, having been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, we do now, in the presence of God and this assembly, most solemnly and joyfully, didn't we say that earlier, the joy of the Lord is your strength? Well, we could have used some joy this morning. This was the deadest mess I've ever seen here this morning. Y'all need to cheer up, amen? Did you feel that, brother Shay? I'll tell you. My, my daughter Bethany said, what in the world? We need some life in our church. We need some joy in our church. Amen? Don't act like God's dead. He's alive forevermore. Amen? My Christ died one time, but He will not die again. We need joy unspeakable and full of glory. We're weak when we're, we're, weak when we're discouraged and despondent. And we're strong when we have joy in our heart. If everything's going wrong around us, if the hurricane is coming, the the one up there in Virginia said it was the most terrible hurricane possibly of any that they've had in this whole century in regard to the, the flooding. And all the lights are out. There's still hundreds of thousands of people, they said. They're out of light still. So I didn't know you'd do that to everybody's sister Isabel. Amen. But I tell you what, she got in that storm or something. At least her name got in it. And boy, she sure drowned a bunch, didn't she? And so anyhow, uh, we knew it was going to be a good one when we heard the name, Sister Isabel. Oh, no, I'm just joking. Okay, we, I'm telling you what, though. Uh, boy, there's, we need to have joy in our heart if everything's going wrong. And I, I tried to encourage my, uh, my brother-in-law to get out of there, Moorhead City. And he just said, well, I've checked and we're on the, the best side of this storm. And, you know, if it wasn't, I heard that the storm went real fast. If it hadn't gone as fast as it did, as it did there'd have been a whole lot more rain on everybody. He'd been drowning everything. We better thank God it picked up speed and when it hit the land. Because I'm telling you, you just, what do you do with water when, you, when it's all, the, and the, the ground was all drenched already. Down in Florida. I don't know about everywhere else. And so there was nowhere for the water to go. And I'll tell you what, it was a pretty bad day in the day of the flood of Noah. Can you imagine? 40 days and 40 nights of rain and the, the deep being opened up. The water, God turned the faucet on up there in glory and turned it on full force below. And I mean water from everywhere. And before 40 days and 40 nights were up, they were floating above the mountain. The whole earth was covered with water. Not just around Israel. Every mountain, it says. And so, uh, we may be having all these storms around our life. And uh, we need to realize that the Lord is the author of the strength to give us joy in the midst of all kinds of problems. If your mother and father died last week, I'll grieve with you. I'll weep with you. But then we've got to get over that weeping and we've got to get on to some joyful service for Christ. Amen? Are you with me? we just got to keep on the firing line. And so, 
Our first thing is what? Salvation. The first thing in the covenant is that we've received Christ as our Savior. And it says there, stand with me please just for a moment. And we'll read these verses here. 14, 15, 16, 17. And 18. Of John 3. John 3. You follow along with me as I read please. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Oh, that word, so loved the world. I told those ladies at the door, I don't tell them Jesus loves you anymore. I said, I want you to know Jesus loves you very, very, very much. To hang on that cross for you. I love you doesn't mean anything today to people. Doesn't mean a thing. So I just say Jesus loves you very, very, very much. Then that little handicapped girl, I said, uh, I said uh, to that little girl, I said, and her mother's standing there. She said, she's a very special girl. She has special, what is it, handicaps? Special what? Special needs. And I said, isn't that something? You are special to Jesus, aren't you? Amen? I think the Lord maybe loves her in a little special way than the rest of us. And she's doing better than she used to do. She was playing the ball and everything else. And I'm going to get old brother, as I said earlier, George McDowell over there. Maybe he can show that precious Catholic lady that Jesus is the, the answer. Amen? Jesus is the answer. They always they say, I'm a Catholic, and then they don't want to talk anymore. Well, I gave her, John 3, I gave her Ephesians 2, 8, 9, whether she wanted to hear it or not. <laughs> Amen? And God could blow the devil right out of here with the word of God. By the way, Baptists need to get saved too. You're hearing your, and you're, you are a Roman Catholic tonight. I want you to know Baptists, a lot of them are in hell right now because they trusted their Baptist church instead of the blood of Jesus Christ to save them. So what does this verse say? I know we were reading scripture. Look what it says here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Let me read the other verses. They're so wonderful. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that they, his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Let's quote John 3.16 together, please. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Our Father, we praise Thee for Thy Word. Bless it tonight. Bless these principles that we need our Father to incorporate into our own personal lives. We need to, greater, in a greater way, incorporate these things into our church life, into our family life. Dear Lord, that we would be pleasing in Thy sight and set aside anything that's carnal, or as we preach this morning, anything that would produce pride and selfishness in our hearts. And may we set selfishness and self-centeredness and pride aside and get the blessing and the humility and the forgiveness and the mercifulness of Christ in our hearts. And may we learn to be merciful, 
Dear Lord, I'm, I'm reminded of what I learned in the Methodist church that we Baptists so desperately need today. That we should do unto others as we should, we'd have them do unto us. How that was drilled into me. As ye would that men should do unto you, do ye even so to them. Dear Lord, I heard it every week at that Methodist church, though I didn't hear about salvation and how to be born again and how to get rid of my sins. I heard that I should love my brother, love my enemies, love my friends, love everybody, and I should do unto them as I would want them to do to me. And dear Lord, it just embed that again afresh in my heart as I'm born again now. Help us not to unlearn these things that were drilled into us that were so scriptural and so glorious and wonderful and good. And we'll give thee praise, thanks, and glory. We've already sensed thy presence tonight. Dear Lord, I've sensed thy presence tonight in a much sweeter way than this morning. How difficult it was to preach this morning. It just seemed like the brakes were on. Everybody was against uh, something. I don't know. And dear God, tonight, a freer spirit, and I praise thee for it. May we repent and get right and go on and see thy blessings upon us. We pray it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. By the way, I think something the Lord showed me, we were standing, were we not? It says over there in, in Psalms, it said that the uh, wicked shall not stand in the judgment. As I was reading a commentary about this matter of standing, we will not have any, any standing, any position, or anything. I don't think it's talking especially about posture, although we all will bow, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. But there will be a great judgment day as was sung and directed by Pastor Hammonds about this, uh, this judgment day and how that is a sad time. But there will be a dividing of the saved from the lost, and we're standing in Christ. We have Christ standing strong inside of us. Amen? Let's let him stand. You know, our Savior's not all over hunched back. Hello? I mean, he's upright. He is strong, mighty to save. And he wants to just live his life through us. But will we let him? We must let him have his way. First thing is you need to be saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The gift of God. I tried to explain that to a couple people today. It's the gift of God. And yesterday, that young boy, Donnie, who professed faith in the Lord near Brother Hugh Wall's house. And I told him, I said, you need to, you need to receive the gift of God. Come through the door. And then I said to him, I said, now how do you, how do you, uh, how do you know Christ? When we got down there further in John 10, he said, well, you have to meet him. That's what he said, didn't he, Brother Wall? You have to meet him. I said, I said, you know, if that boy didn't get anything else, he got that that morning, didn't he? The way is not knowing about Christ, but meeting Christ. Coming to know Christ as our very own personal Savior. That's salvation. That I may know him. Paul says, in a greater way, but there's knowing him just at the beginning, coming to know the Lord. 
You know, it said earlier, and Samuel knew not the Lord at first, earlier. And then it said about, it said about the, the others, Hophni and Phinehas, they knew not the Lord unto damnation. Here they were in the very priest's garbs, taking the sacrifices and demanding them of the people. Their father was the high priest, and they died and went to hell within touch, within very touch of the altar of God. So did Nadab and Abihu, most likely. Hophni and uh, Eliezer and Ithamar took over right after that, and they did pretty well, didn't they? Why didn't Nadab and Abihu, the, the firstborn two sons, most likely? Well, you look in the Bible, and more often, many of the firstborn sons, though Jesus, of course, was the firstborn, and the blessed firstborn of Mary, and of course, born of God, he was, he was the God-man, conceived and brought into the world through the power of the Holy Ghost of God. But very often, it showed grace. The firstborn was set aside so the blessing could come on the secondborn. Esau and Jacob. Ishmael and Isaac. And on and on. Cain and Abel. All the way through is grace, grace, grace. The one who should have got the blessing. Nadab and Abihu were probably drunk doing the work of God. And God says, enough of you. I'll, you're, you've got strange fire and I'll show you my fire. People think they can worship God any way they please. You worship him the Bible way or you won't worship him. Jesus said, he that worshipeth me must worship, must worship, must, must, must worship me in spirit and in truth. Or there's no such worship. It's the only way you can worship God. You have to be honest with yourself. So many of us lie to ourselves. You know that we lie to ourselves? How many times we lie to ourselves? We think we're so wonderful, don't we? And God says, I'm not pleased with you at all. He's like some of us parents who have some wisdom. Say, your attitude stinks. Go in the bedroom and read your Bible 15 minutes and pray for another 15 minutes. I can't stand your face. You've got an ugly spirit. You're not right with God at all. I don't even know if you're saved the way you act. Huh? Did you ever do that with your kids? If you didn't, you should have. Amen? Because we sure saw him that way, didn't we, a lot? <laughs> Amen? We sure spanked him a lot. Yeah, we ought to say, your heart's not right with God. Go in there and pray a while. Get cleaned out. <laughs> Read your Bible. That's what they do at the roll-off homes. When these people aren't right with God, why don't we do that in our home? Instead, all we do is we, we take away their privileges. Well, that adds some good ones. Amen? Read the Bible. Pray. Bow down to your mother five times. Tell your mother, bow down. Kiss her foot ten times. Tell her you're sorry for the way you talk to her. That's what we ought to make kids do. Amen? Kiss your mother's foot and tell her you are a sorry, rotten scum the way you talk to your mother. Why am I preaching on this tonight, Brother Hugh Wall? You were a good boy, weren't you? <laughs> when you were growing up with those 13 in that family, you were good or else, amen? Boy, your dad had come unglued, I believe. When you have 13 running around, they better behave or our daddy is not going to get frustrated but a few moments. Or he'd be frustrated forever with 13 of them acting up. Amen. All right. Anyhow, salvation is the first thing. And then baptism. By the way, do you know it says baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? We don't believe in this Jesus-only business. Well, it's in the name. Singular. 
I don't care about all that singular. It says in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and that's what it says in our covenant, and it's right. It's right. That's the way it ought to be. Not this Jesus-only crowd. They get into works salvation. They say, well, were you baptized in the name of Jesus only? I said, I was baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Am I going to heaven? Well, 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 I said, well, nothing. I sure am. And you need to get your doctrine straightened out. You don't get to heaven because of some formula anyhow. You get, to sal- you get to heaven by the faith of Jesus Christ and his grace. They make it a work. You've got to get baptized in a certain formula. Oh, but you should be after you're saved. You should be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This is part of our covenant. You should be immersed either. It said Philip came up out of the water. The Lord caught him away, and the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. Jesus, when he was baptized of John, went down into the water. As he came up out of the water, the Spirit of God descended in the shape of a dove, and God spoke from heaven. There's the Trinity, sure enough. The Holy Spirit descended on him in the shape of a dove, like a dove. You've seen these pigeons, how they just, you know, they just come down, and that's the way it was. And the Holy Spirit lit on Jesus and abode on Jesus. And God from heaven spoke and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus was the Son of God, and yet the God-man, and He was the one being baptized. There's the Trinity, sure enough. And they'll try to explain that away. You better not explain that away. The thief didn't get baptized. And Jesus said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And they say that's the exception of the rule. That is the rule. You're saved by grace through faith, not by baptism. But you should be baptized to show that you have received Christ as your Savior. All right, by the way, we ought to do this solemnly, solemnly and yet joyfully in the presence. We enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. Then it says, we engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love. This is a full-time uh, full-time thing. By the way, we're to walk together with other believers in our church in Christian love, but we're, we're those that are saved and, and, and love the Lord, we're supposed to love them as well. Yes, hello? Everybody that's part of the family of God. Amen? Even though you are a full bird colonel, I'm still supposed to love you. Amen? 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 Oh, praise God. Listen, some of us, I'm not talking you about you, brother, but I mean, some pretty weird ducks come into the church. I'm telling you, some people don't even know how to clean their own bodies, but they're saved. Hello. And you ought to love them. That's not your crowd. They're the cleanest bunch that ever came. The Hurleys. They get their mind off the Hurleys now. We're just glad you're here. Are you know what I'm talking about? Some dirty people might come in here. And you're supposed to love them just like the clean people. You're not saying, ah, I'm not getting around that thing. <laughs> I might get the fleas. And you might from the bus kids. Talk to my daughter, Patty. She's had fleas so many times, she thinks they're her brothers and sisters now. She's been in the children's home ministry. She said every couple of months, she's, fleas, fleas, fleas. Isn't it fleas? No, what? Lice. Lice. The lice are her friends, I guess. You ought to try that sometime. I don't even remember ever having lice. And I'm glad of it. I had the chicken pox and the mumps and all the rest, and that's enough for me. Measles. I don't need the lice, these little things crawling all over me. 
Oh, I did get the scabies one time. I went down into Mexico for 16 days. It came out and had the scabies, little mites. And I gave them to my wife and my kids. Then we went over to David's place over there, gave them to David's whole family. And then I went to Stephen's place. It was, I, I was very generous, very, very giving, very giving. I gave them to, uh, to a, I had a revival meeting. I gave them to the whole pastor's family. Oh, I did. Gave them to all of Julie's crowd. I gave them all to Stephen's crowd. I gave, oh, I was a very giving person. And you had to put this quell on all the way up to your neck. And I'm telling you, it was a job getting rid of those little mites that I got laying in some bed. It was probably the only time that they let me stay asleep in a bed. I should have stayed on the floor instead of the bed. And so, be careful when you go into Mexico. But anyhow, we're to love everybody. We're to love people. Amen? doesn't matter how they look. You say, well, they, they're not like I am. Well, just be, maybe you ought to love them a little extra then. Like that little specialty girl. She had, she had special needs. And her mother was trying to be that special helper for her little girl who had special needs. Wasn't she wrapped up in that little girl? Oh, if you could win that little girl's heart, man, I'll tell you, you'd get that mother in short order. You've got to be kind to everybody. Christian love? To strive for the advancement of this church. In knowledge, in holiness. Here are the holy independent separated Baptist churches. And comfort to promote its prosperity and spirituality to sustain its worship. That means to keep the worship going, to sustain it, to believe in worship. Ordinances, that's the communion and baptism, which we're going to have tonight. Discipline, there should be discipline in the church. We had visitors here to, uh, this morning. I got here a little earlier, and we had some first-time visitors back here. And I told, I told uh, uh, Sister Lucy, we probably have a couple of those kids here tonight, right? I don't know. Were they getting baptized? Oh, they weren't able to come. But they were, they were, they were acting, they were, they were smashing, slamming books down. I had never heard such a noisy crowd in all my life back here. And I told Lucy, and then I told her dad. I said, get those kids out in the hall. I don't want that young couple that are looking for a church, nice young couple, and those monkeys sitting on that back row back. Not you, not you fellas, some others. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we love you single soldiers. Amen. Amen. That's what we're building that place for over there for you. I hope you appreciate it, and I hope you'll use it. But those kids were back there acting like a monkey. Not in, we don't need that in the church. I said, get them out in the hall. Brother Lightsey, just like an obedient usher like he ought to be, got them out in the hall. And let the, let the others take care of them in Sunday school, amen? We had a quiet, decent time around here. They were making so much noise, it was frustrating me. And if I get frustrated, I want it stopped. We have enough trouble trying to reach young couples without a bunch of kids right behind them, making a whole lot of racket. Oh, they were having a good time there, but I didn't, I didn't enjoy it too much. If that was a camp, I'd have been in there fighting and, and, and having a good time with them. But this was church service. This was Sunday school. Are you with me? It's discipline. Discipline. And some people say, oh, you're too hard on the kids. No, the parents are too soft on them. That's why they act like a bunch of monkeys in church. 
Amen. Not the kids needing a spanking. The parents, most of them, need a spanking. But we just don't do that around here. We don't spank the kids either. We take them home if they don't act right. Let their parents spank them. Hello. This is discipline. And doctrines. The church's doctrines. What we teach. The teachings of the church. We should back these things up. To contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry. The expenses of the church... Isn't that good to have all this in here? There's expenses in the church. It's just taken for granted. Support of the ministry. And it says here, what? And, to regular, and regularly to support. Not off and on. Regularly to support. To the support of the ministry. The expenses of the church. But it doesn't leave it out there now. Listen, this is good. The relief of the poor. We better not forget the poor in our affluent, independent Baptist churches. Many churches have forgotten the poor. Judgment on us if we forget the poor. Judgment on us if we forget the widows. We're supporting Mrs. Magnuson because we don't have any widows that are widows indeed in our church. So we're supporting Pastor Magnuson's wife because he died a few years back. We send her $50 a, a month out of our mission account. I think that God honors that. As we grow larger, we ought to take on some more widows and try to sustain them, whether they're a member of this church or not. We take care of our missionaries. And the poor and the widows are kind of lumped together in the fatherless. The spread to the relief of the poor, the spread of the gospel through all nations. That's missions. Spread of the gospel through all nations. Our nation as well. We should support evangelists here. It's hard for them to stay on the road. The right kind of evangelists. We took a couple missionary evangelists on for support this time. I I think it's right to do so. Most of them cannot stay on the road. Brother Godfrey, I was told by somebody. Who was it? Oh, by Brother Jameson. Brother Jameson told me that Brother Godfrey gets about $500 a month support from churches. He said, I don't know how I could make it without that $500 a month support. You can't stay out there on the road. You have too many expenses, and you have to go to too many little churches that forget to give you an offering at all. And you spend more, sometimes you spend, they give you a little 50 or $100, and it took you over $100 to, to eat and to put gas in your car and fix your vehicle just to get to their church to begin with. Doesn't even take care of your expenses. So I think we ought to support all those that are what? To all nations. That's our nation as well, and other nations. That's why we support missions. All right? We also engage to maintain, get this now, hello, good morning, good evening, good night. This is a good one. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotions. Hmm? That means that you that are a member of this church, you should have secret and you should have family devotions. And you know how often you ought to have them at least once a day, by the grace and help of God. And that may be a lot of work to do that. And when daddy's not there, you wives ought to do it. Hello? Do you do it? If you don't, I'm here to tell you to do it. If he didn't tell you to do it, do it anyhow, because I told you to do it, and God told you to do it. Amen. Say, it's not easy. I know it's not easy. Nothing worthwhile is easy. Just have that family devotion time. 
Have your personal devotions. You fellows, you say, well, man, in Iraq, how could you ever have a time of prayer and Bible reading in Iraq when you're thinking someone's going to ambush you and, and blow your brains out every five minutes? There's a way. You have to sleep. If you didn't sleep, you'd die. So maybe you won't be able to have the amount of time that you want to have, but you can do something. You say, well, I don't know if I can do it at all. Well, brother, our first member of our church, or one of our first members of our church, brother, just gave his name the other day, Berlin. You know what he did? He said, he said you weren't even supposed to have lights out there. So here I am with my pen light, pen light, inside of my sleeping bag, reading my New Testament. Say, that's not easy. You know, it's not easy to be a good Christian. It has never been easy to be a faithful, good Christian. It's sometimes very demanding. But I'm preaching about it, and he's still going to church and serving the Lord when a lot of others are not. Just make, you know what Brother Berlin told me one time? I just have to bring this up to you again. Oh, you all know Brother Berlin, that's right. You know what Brother Steve told me one time? He said, I, I had, I'd been in the field for a while. And by the way, some of you don't know, he fell, fell out of the sky in a Chinook. And it came down, boom! And he, he messed up his hip, some degree. He didn't really notice a limp very much. Maybe you are now as he's getting older. But you know what he said? He said, here we'd been in the field, and they, they had a, a march or a, a PT, something or other. And here's what he told me. See, he was in Vietnam when he got shot down in that Chinook. I asked him one time about the fellas, did you ever get any action? And he, he didn't want to talk to me about it. I said, did you ever have to shoot somebody? He said, they didn't move after I was through with them. That's all he wanted to talk about. That's all he wanted to talk about. But he told me, here's what he told me. He said, Brother Harvey, I'd been out there in the field. He came into church and he could hardly walk. He could hardly walk on Sunday. And he said, Brother Harvey, you can, you, can, you can make your mind, make your body do what you want it to do. He said, I, I made that run, and I just made my body do what I wanted it to do. He couldn't hardly walk all weekend. But that's called discipline. That's not easy, is it? Make yourself say, I'll just get up. Say, oh, I'm getting older now, and I've got more children. Well, maybe you need to spend more time with the Lord if you have more children to deal with all day long. You heard about the one man. He said, I've got so much to do today, I'm going to have to spend an extra 30 minutes in prayer. I've got so much to do today. It's all in the way you look at it. Hmm? Others say, oh, I sure need to sleep in another half an hour because I've got so much to do today. I've got so many kids to deal with. Maybe you need a little extra time with Jesus in prayer and in the Word. Hello, good morning, good evening, good night. I said that twice, didn't I already? But I'm going to see now, didn't you? No, I'm, I'm taking my fish oil and eating all my tuna fish 
and all the blueberries I can eat. I'll tell you what, I don't want my brain. If my brain quits working and messes up, I'm out of the ministry, friends. I'm going to feed my brain. They say that the tuna fish is brain food, so I want to feed my brain. So I'll understand the word better. Brother Berlin can make his body do that. I can just, guess I can make myself eat what I maybe even don't want to eat, but I kind of like those things. Amen. You say, well, what are those any good for? Fish oil. They, they say it's good for circulation. If you don't get the right blood up to your brain, your brain quits working right. My grandmother got like that. It was pitiful. Who wants to die like that? When you don't know and you're walking out of the house and someone has to go find you out there. A dear man of God that we love so much and preached. And I wept the whole service, but he's that way now. I hope I don't get like that. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. got like that. He started repeating all of his, his illustrations. I don't want to get like that. Man, I'll take five times as many fish oil pills if I need it. Amen? I'll just keep that blood running to my brain. And I was having some, well, this is just extra. I, I was having a little bit of a lack of sensation and numbness in my two little fingers there. I even went to the VA hospital for it, and they did this thing, pin cushion thing about, jet. oh, I'll tell you, I was through with that. I'll take some fish oil rather than that. I'm telling you. They wanted to find out if I had carpal tun tunnel or something. I don't know what I had, but I know one thing. My fingers are a whole lot better for whatever I'm eating, and I'm going eat, to keep eating that same thing. My circulation's better. say, well, what do you want to do, live forever? Well, I want to live to be 80 or 90 so I can plague the devil. Praise God. We got on the Internet, didn't we? They got all five of my quotes right. The junk they said afterwards wasn't much. But I want to find out, Brother, Brother Shea, he's going to, or someone else, if you could get me the information about the other quotes and what they think, that's what they think about me in regard to the atheists, right? The atheists. That's, uh, I'm, I'm listed against the atheists. I, man, I'm against them, praise God. And now the witches. I want to hear what all they have to say about me. We're in the internet anyhow. Praise God. Tabernacle Baptist Church is in there. We're, we're, they at least know we're against witchcraft. And we're against not believing in God. Well, the Bible says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. So who wants to be a fool? You ought to stay a, as far as you can. Doesn't the scripture say somewhere, stay as far as you can from a fool? Stay a long distance from a fool or the froward man. We believe in biblical separation. We have to finish up here. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotions to religiously educate our children. To seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances. That means you're going to be, try to be a witness. Try to be a help to bring them to church and to God. To walk circumspectly in the world. That means outsiders need to think that you're upright. To be just in our dealings. Faithful in our engagements. Exemplary in our deportment. To avoid all tattling. Didn't say tattling. All tattling. To avoid it backbiting, and excessive anger to abstain from the sale of and use of destructive drugs. This is the one by the Broadman and Holman, uh, Holman Press. Broadman, this is the Southern Baptist. 
This is the Southern Baptist, lest we think we've, we've arrived and we independents are so great. They added a few things in this one from the old one. And this is one of them, the drugs. That was never in the earlier ones when I was there in the earlier days. Abstain from the sale of and use of destructive dr drugs or intoxicating drinks as a beverage. If you join this church, you're not supposed to drink any alcohol at all. Hello? You say, you're never going to get anybody to join your church. Well, then they'll just have to go somewhere else. We don't think it's a good testimony for our fellows to, uh, when we come up to them, for them to be offering to their buddies uh, Bud Light or any kind of dr uh, alcohol, drink, beer, or anything. We're teetotalers around here, amen? amen? You'll sure never get drunk if you never drink any of it. And you're in bad company, you'll be in hell. There'll be a lot of drunkards there. But they won't have anything to drink. They won't even have any water. Jesus tells us that in Luke 16. To shun pornography because of our present day, this is needful. To be zealous, I like this, zealous in our efforts to advance the kingdom of our Savior. We need zeal in our independent Baptist churches. We need to get fired up about the right thing.